Lord Jesus, we say hallelujah, hallelujah to you, the highest name, the Savior of the world, our Savior. We come to you today, Lord, because we need you, we love you, we desire you. We give you the highest, the highest place of our hearts. We give you our best, God, because you are worthy of it. And so I ask in this place, God, that we lean into you. We lean, lean into your presence, God, of who you are, Lord Jesus. For why you came to this earth, for why you died, for why it is we celebrate Christmas. I know that there are so many distractions, there's so many things this time of year, and my prayer, Father, for us in this place is that the enemy will not distract, the things will not distract. So God, help us to lean in this day, this season. Show us today some things about our hearts. We lift up to those hurting today in this place, watching online, could not be here, sickness, other things that folks are dealing with. Lord, you came to help us through our struggles. You came to help us through the things we face. And so I pray on every, every concern and every heart in this place right now, God, that they pause and just lift those up to you right now in this moment. The great God that loves us so much can handle our concerns, our prayers, God, and will answer them. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we're thankful that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. Show us today, Father, what we can see about our hearts and our lives. Let your Word speak into every crevice, every dark shadow see you fully in the light. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, Christmas shopping. Who's been doing that? Somebody? Anybody? How many actually like have gone out into what we would call the box store, okay, and actually physically went and got things without ordering it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, all right, we got some, great, good. It's crazy out there, people. Be careful. But we've got, you know, all these shopping lists, we've got all these gift lists and things that we want to get the people that we love, and it's happening your, hopefully your shopping list is getting fulfilled, unless you're one of those people. You know who I'm talking about. You're one of those people who you've already got it all done, it's already all wrapped, and you're just coasting towards December 25th. Are you in here? Whoa, look! Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. 
We've been in this series, and we're talking about this subject. I know it's crazy, but socks and underwear, because we're talking about gifts that we, that, that we obviously may not want, but we truly need. And as we think about Christmas, and we think about gifts, we all understand there are good gifts, right? All those things we want, right? Those are the good gifts, the things we get super excited about. But along with wanted gifts are unwanted gifts. Now this is crazy. We're all probably going to receive some kind of gift that we did not want. And it's so crazy because according to Consumer Reports, one in five of us have received some unwanted gift and we've responded in some unusual ways to that gift. Now get this. While 39% of us will put unwanted gifts away, we'll just store them somewhere out of sight. 15% of us, so in this room, at least about 20 of you, 15% of us re-gift unwanted gifts, giving them to unsuspecting family members or friends. Which 15 to 20 of you are going to do that? Now raise your hand. Then it gets better. 11% of us return unwanted gifts to the retailer for a refund to get it put back on a gift card, merchandise credit. Or get this, in that 11%, toss the gift in the trash. Wow. Okay. It gets better. 6% of us try to resell the gift. You eBayers. It gets worse, better, worse. 2% of us actually confront the original giver, demanding a new gift. One more, it gets worse. 2% will totally retaliate to the point that we will ridicule by posting photos of our lousy gift on social media of what we were given. Wow. So this, the statistics tell us that some of us aren't really going to do that. Now, here, here's the point. We all have these presents that we've been given that we don't really need, we don't really want, and we would just as soon return it or re-gift it than keep it. And here's what surprisingly happened. This is what happened to Jesus. Jesus is born into the world. It's the most expensive gift. It doesn't get any more costly than this. That God would send his son, that Jesus would sacrifice heaven and he would come down to earth, put on flesh, and he would lay aside his throne and he would dwell among us. Never been a gift like this. Yet, it was largely rejected. 
and the same is still true today. We may sit here this morning as the church and go, oh, I don't reject Jesus, I'm excited. But you're rejecting Jesus in ways in your life right now that you may not even realize. Let's talk about this gift received, or was it received? If you have your Bibles, we're going to continue in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. We started in the first verses last week, and we're going to jump down to verse 9 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. If not, it'll be on the screen, also in the Version Bible app. And this is what the Apostle John said. He said, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I'm going to pick up after that next week, so don't miss it. But the world, we see here, John's telling us, you know, the world did not really pay much attention, and his own did not receive him. So the gift was given, and then it was rejected. The gift was given, and it was returned. When I look here in verse 11 and you see the word receive, you can even underline that word there because it's a very important word. When you look at the original language here in the Greek, the Greek word is parlambombo. I always mess it up. Parlambombo, bono. And it means not just the act of receiving, but it means it speaks to the very spirit of our heart of how we receive something. So it's not just the acceptance, but it's more than that. It's the acceptance and the embrace of receiving such a gift. It's to take it into oneself. It is, it is, it is very personal. It's more intimate than just, if you will, opening up a present on Christmas and then moving on. It's taking complete delight in it. As you receive it. Embracing the gift with all of you. Man, I can't think of a better challenge this Christmas. And that should be our response. That Christmas, that Christ receives all of us. Because this is the appropriate response. This should have been the appropriate response for this gift that God had given, but it was not the response that Jesus received. He was not warmly embraced. Instead, instead the Scripture tells us that he was rejected. Christmas, it's a time of year when honestly, we've talked about this maybe before, but, but Christmas is honestly a time that people accept Jesus. I mean, think about it. It's a very accepting time. Christmas music's playing everywhere. People are much more accepting. Why do you think that is? Because people like Christmas Jesus. People like the Christmas Jesus. Everybody likes baby Jesus. There was a movie a few years back. Some of you probably saw it. Talladega Nights. 
Ricky Bobby is the character played, it's a fictional NASCAR character played by Will Ferrell, who he basically says in the movie, they're off the table, praying over their KFC, and I forget what all else is there. And he says, basically, when you pray, you can pray to whatever Jesus you want to. You can pray to the teenage Jesus, the grown-up Jesus, the bearded Jesus, but I like Christmas Jesus. I'm praying to the cuddly little baby that I, that's the Jesus I want to pray. I want to pray to him. And I think for a lot of us, that's it. We not, we not, we might not admit that. We may not be like, oh, man, I don't really do that. But I think that's the spirit of a lot of people this time of year. More open to Jesus because he's, he's pretty in the manger. He's just, he's just this baby. He's, he's not very threatening. He doesn't put any demands on us. He's, it's a sweet story of this baby born in a manger. But here's the thing. The Christmas Jesus becomes the crucified Jesus. The Christmas Jesus, that is only the part of the story. His own did not receive him, the scripture says. And by not receiving him, you know what that means? It means that they beat him beyond recognition. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They they led him to to, uh, nail to a tree on a cross. They didn't receive him. It's one thing to accept the Christmas Jesus. But it's a whole nother thing to accept the entire story of Jesus and the adult Jesus. The crucified Jesus. Isaiah 53 even reminds us that he was despised and he was rejected by men. So let's talk about this. Why was Jesus rejected? Because I think it helps us to look into our own lives. A few things of you think about this I thought of initially that seemed very obvious. One thing is that many people were offended by Jesus' message. They were offended by the things he said, who he was. And if you just kind of go back through the life of Christ... What you'll see is that people seem fine with the Christmas Jesus. Matter of fact, they probably even more love the miracle Jesus. But when Jesus became the preaching Jesus, things changed. People were offended then by him. They were comfortable with the baby Jesus, but they didn't like him as a man. For some of you, that's you today. You like your life. You love your life. Matter of fact, you you love to come to church, but you like your life more than you love Jesus. You love your stuff. You love your Christmas. And you're rejecting the real picture. You're rejecting him. I think it's also true to say that many people rejected Jesus because of this. It meant if you were receiving Jesus, you were rejecting someone else. You see, John pointed to this. He talked about it. 
If you look in, uh, it'll be on the screen, I think, in John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. It says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise from God. So you say, John's saying that the Jewish leaders, they even believed, some of them even believed who Jesus was, but they would not go against it because they, they were afraid of the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. They believed, but they didn't receive because they cared more about what man thought than what God thought. Wow, is that you today? Because I think this happens. I think people receive Jesus, they believe in Jesus, and, and they can't go quite embrace because, you know, what would someone say? What would someone think? What would, what would happen? So they reject Jesus out of fear of being rejected by somebody else. Maybe that's you today. There were two other groups of people, very quickly. You had the Romans, and you also had the Jews. Now, a little quick backstory: the Romans hated the Jews. They saw them as inferior people. And because they rejected the children of God, they were not open to receiving the Son of God. It was ingrained in them not to think like that. They would have never given Jesus a chance. Why is that important? Because here's what I believe. I believe it's familiar to some of us because I believe there are people who never really give Jesus a chance. They never really consider church or faith because they don't like Christians. Somehow maybe you're here, you're listening online and you're like, that's me. I don't like, I don't like some of the people here. And it's because we see the church is messed up. And I would agree with you. We are messed up. <laughs> but can I just say this? If you're here today, don't let the wrapping paper of that keep you from the blessing of Christ. Don't let the imperfect church and imperfect people keep you from the blessing of a relationship with the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ. Don't let us get in the way of you seeing what Jesus wants to give you in him. Not only had the Romans, you had the Jews too. And John specifically says, he came to that which was his own. And I believe that's obviously what John is alluding to here, meaning the Jewish people that his own did not receive him. And the primary reason is the reason the Jews did not receive Jesus as the promised one is because he did not come the way they thought he would. They were looking for this great Messiah that was going to set up this incredible new kingdom. And their um, idea of Messiah was more military leader. And they were going to have some seats at the table. In political power, they were thinking the Messiah would come, establish kingdom, and they would become the political leaders in that kingdom. But it's funny because it wasn't long after Jesus came that they were screaming and shouting, crucify him. 
crucify him. You see, God didn't work in the way that they expected him to work. And because God didn't work in the way they expected him to work, they kind of walked away from him and because, you know, things didn't go the way they thought it was going to go, so they just kind of stepped away. Some of you this morning, I think maybe some of you reject Jesus, and you reject Jesus because maybe you've grown up in the church and you've had this faith, you believed in him, but all of a sudden life throws you a curveball. And the Jesus that you love so much did not give you the answer that you hoped. And because of that, because he didn't save you in the way you wanted to be saved, you reject. In other words, really what you're saying is he hasn't become the kind of Messiah that you thought he would be in that way. I'm not sure much has changed. I think there are some of us, we end up rejecting Jesus because sometimes he doesn't seem to be the kind of savior we were hoping for. I mean, what kind of, what kind of savior doesn't save us from cancer? What kind of savior doesn't save us from foreclosure on our mortgage? What kind of savior doesn't save your marriage? What kind of savior doesn't, doesn't save your child? And from the Jewish perspective, they're saying, is Jesus through the Messiah? Because it sure seems like we're continuing to get beat up by the Romans. We're not winning here. Here's the problem. We really forget why Jesus truly came. Listen to me. Jesus came to save. He didn't come to save us from the problems. He came to save us from hell. Hell and Christmas go hand in hand. He came to save us from an eternal damnation that we all deserve because it's the penalty of sin, death, separated from a holy God. That's what he came. He came to save and to save us from hell. John 3, 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. John 3, 36, a few verses later, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son, whoever rejects the gift, whoever returns the gift, will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. But let me give you some great news. But for those who trust Christ Jesus, the best is yet to come. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen. What no eye has seen. There ain't a Christmas tree pretty enough. There aren't lights on a house or downtown Cincinnati that's pretty enough. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Woo! We need some Ric Flair up in here. 
Ultimately, Jesus came. He didn't come to save us from our temporary struggles. He came to save us for eternity. He came to give us a life that we cannot understand. He came to give us life beyond the grave and the struggles of this world. And that's why Matthew 121, Jesus announced before his birth to Joseph, the angel said in Matthew chapter 1, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Are you rejecting God because of some of those circumstances today? Maybe you even know Jesus, but you're rejecting him. This last point is this. You don't re-gift a valuable gift. You don't return a valuable gift. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes that as I've gotten gifts that I don't realize how valuable they are. Till I realize how valuable they are, right? Till I realize how great they are once I have them. You're excited, you know, you get a gift and maybe you're not even excited about it, but then suddenly you realize how valuable that gift is. And this is the way it is for those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I hope that you understand what you're saved from. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I understood that I was a sinner, that I needed a Savior, I needed Jesus. And yes, I needed to celebrate Christmas, and I needed to understand all those things. And I would understand that, yes, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. But it wasn't until I was a little more mature in the faith that I really got to the point where it was like, I'm not just a sinner. I'm an awful sinner. I, 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 words can't describe. I, I'm awful, and yet I have an awesome Savior. Because I think until we grasp that, until we really look in the mirror and say, you know what, I am a sinner and an awful sinner that I need every bit of grace, forgiveness, and love by God. Because only then will we really understand and see this Christmas gift. We're not just opening the present and going, oh, great, great baby Jesus. It's only then that we under really better understand what we've been saved from. Very quickly, earlier we talked about the word receive. I told you to underline it, John 1.10. It's funny, John uses it here to describe what did not happen. They did not receive him. Now what's amazing is we don't see this exact word again until John chapter 14. And in John chapter 14, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven and he's trying to comfort his disciples. And all of a sudden he uses this word again. And it's best put in the New King James, and that's what's going to be on the screen. John 14, verse 3, he said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. 
Jesus is speaking of a day that he is going to return, that he will come to receive those who have received him. He will come to embrace those who have embraced him. And he speaks of the second coming. He will come again. And when he comes again, he will not come as a helpless baby in a manger. No, he is going to come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Sweet baby Jesus will be King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to close this story. The story of a pastor who talks about his son. And he actually uses, the, he says the words, I'm raising, I'm raising the strangest son ever. And what it was is over the years, no matter what gift he would give his son at Christmas, his son always tossed aside the gift and focused instead on the box it came in. And he would take that box and he would play with it relentlessly, repeatedly with the outward container. I can remember when I was younger, my kids would, you know, we'd always say, man, we just need to get them a refrigerator box because they'll play with that better than the, you know, hundreds of dollars we just spent on these toys. And so it's kind of the same with this, this pastor and his son. And so he got the idea, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to break this. And so one particular Christmas, the pastor outdid himself, and he gave his son not just any gift, but he gave him the costliest gift ever, a super-duper, fully outfitted, highly charged, very expensive mountain bike. And this time, it actually worked. The boy loved the mountain bike. He was playing with it. And his father's like, oh, he loved the expensive gift. So the father, the pastor goes and he turns, he goes to the kitchen to get some wonderful Christmas treats. But you guessed it, as he comes back, the boy wasn't playing with the mountain bike again anymore. He was playing with the box it came in. He was inside this bigger box, not imagining riding this awesome mountain bike, pretending he's flying in a plane. And it's with that the pastor realized, he said, a lot of us are like his son. You see, we get a very costly gift. We've been given Jesus a gift that can transport us over the rugged terrain of life, but even more than that, into eternity, the gift of Jesus, yet we push aside Jesus. We push aside the costly gift so that we can play with the lesser gift. Some of you, that's your heart, that's your mind, and you don't realize that this Christmas you're playing with the lesser gift or gifts. Here we've been given the gift of all gifts, the most pre precious present ever. And yet we like the box. Friends, I'll just challenge you this. Don't play with the box. Don't play with the box. 
Focus on the precious gift of Christ. Forget the fantasies of life and fixate on the Savior, the Messiah. The one who can truly give us life. The one that can truly make a difference. The one that is looking for folks, you and I, to take refuge under his wings. For Jesus is crazy about you. He is crazy about you. And he doesn't want you to play with the box. Despite all of our things, our stupid, sinful ways, he still loves us and he loves you. Verse 10 and 11, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. You don't need to be among that number. You don't need to be among that number. Jesus is not a lousy gift, an unwanted gift. Jesus is a life-changing gift that's not to be rejected or returned, but relished and revered. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I want us to just really lean in, and I want us to think about our heart today. I'm sure that many of you, you are ready to get out of here and run because you've got a million things to get done today. But you're not here by accident. And there are some of you here today in this room. You have a chance to receive him. You have a chance to embrace him today. Fully for the first time in your life. And not keep rejecting him because maybe you've been at a point in your life where in the past where, man, Christ is calling you to him. And yet you just kind of keep pushing the gift away. You keep saying, nah, don't need it right now. Not going to open that. He wants to save you. That's what he came to do. Change your thoughts, your attitudes, your passions, your drive. And I know for some of you that scares you to death. (laughs) But I promise you, it is the best gift you can ever receive. It's the best gift that you will ever open. It changed my life radically. It caused me to give up things like a career as a physician to just give it all to him. It's okay because when you're in God's will, there's no price tag for that. There's no title for that. So I'm asking today, if God's calling you on yourself and you want to embrace him, you come today. I'm going to be down front. I would love to talk with you about what it means to truly embrace the Savior, to give him your life, to give him your heart. Maybe the rest of you at your seat at this altar the altar is always open to come and pray to come and to pray with some prayer counselors we have down here if you would like to do that but man you know and deep in your heart you're wrestling you're struggling with this maybe this whole church thing because you've always looked at church and christians as messed up and man i don't i don't don't want to be a part of that i'd rather do home church watch it on tv 
Maybe that's just your attitude. Maybe you've been here a long time and your attitude's gotten to the point you're like, yep, that's me. Maybe it's not those things. It's other things that's causing you to truly struggle with seeing the gift of Christ this Christmas. Or maybe you like the Christmas Jesus more than the whole Jesus. Come today. No longer reject him. Abide in him. Embrace him. Don't let those things keep you from the greatest gift. Come for prayer. However the Lord's leading you today. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the greatest gift that you could have ever given us. And how we receive that and not reject it is one of the most and is most important things we do daily with our lives. I thank you for our heart for giving way our church has given that not only this this week and bringing all of the angel tree gifts but how we've given financially to this church body to be healthy to how we've given outside these walls but I have to ask in this place are we giving our best to you Lord Jesus it's one thing to go give things it's a whole nother to give our heart and our all we not reject you anymore. May we respond all over this place. In Jesus' name.